Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest on the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, so did I have Rick West on the line? He's CEO and co-founder of Field Agent, um, and he's also an upcoming author in one of our upcoming books. So really excited to have Rick on the show today to get into the content. Um, so first off, Rick, just want to say welcome. Listen, Adam, thanks for having me today. I've been looking forward to this day for quite a while, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, man, I'm excited as well, not just to uh, get into the book, of course, but to announce and to go into discussion. So I understand you just had a rebrand and uh, of your marketplace, and it's now yeah. called Plum. I know that that was done earlier in June. A lot that goes into that. We'll get yeah. into that, and I want to hear more, but we'll start this episode uh, the way that we start them all with our Mission Matters Minute. So, Rick, we at Mission Matters, we amplify stories for entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. That's our mission. Rick, what mission matters to you? Yeah, in my world, I, I go down the path of loving God and loving people. Hmm. Uh, the hard part is my wife corrects me all the time and says, do you just like them or do you love them? <laughs> and I, I find it really hard, Adam, especially in the professional world. Is I like people and I, I know there's this spiritual thing up here that I call God. And, and so yeah. that's important to me, but love is different to really love God and to love people is, is a change. Right. And so there's a, mm -hmm. there's a stewardship, there's a serving part of it. So I start my day every day, you know, praying through getting prepared, but more importantly, as I, as I look at the day in front of me, practically, how can I ser serve others? And I don't serve them because I like them and I'm going to get something. I do yeah. everything I can to look at Adam getting ready for the podcast webinar today. If I really love and engage, how would I treat you differently? How would I engage with you? And I think that's what really drives me every single day. And that's my mission. It's awesome. Uh, love bringing mission-based individuals on here. Definitely um, um, walking the walk and uh, of, of servant leadership, which I'm a big fan of and a, a great mindset to have. Big Greenleaf uh, fan. I, I Do you remember Greenleaf back in the day? Great stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Um, so, Rick, again, we'll get into field age. I want to talk about Plum. Um, but before we do all that, like, where did all this start for you um, as an entrepreneur and on your business journey? Like, where'd you start? Yeah. So, I came from the corporate world, uh, mm -hmm. as many entrepreneurs do. Uh, but about 17 years with Procter and Gamble in the United States, uh, three years in Asia, I was in Hong Kong a couple of years, a year in Bangkok. And it was really through that Hong Kong, Bangkok time in Asia. Uh, that I truly understand what it meant to be an entrepreneur. Even though I had a corporate facility around me and an umbrella, you know, above me, you really was kind of like the the Western wild, wild west in Asia and had kind of the bug. Yeah. Uh, and then I kind of pulled from my Appalachian roots. I, I think we've talked before. I'm one of the few hillbillies you'll have on, you know, this show. But but that get it done attitude of taking things into control, you can make this work, I think is part of the culture I brought with me. And once I went into Asia and really saw the white space mm. of what I could do and how you could impact things, I, I realized it was time to step into the to the entrepreneurial world and really do that on my own. And so that was kind of what got me started. And from there, it's just been a 20 year amazing entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. And uh, and hold on, Rick. Uh, Hillbillies are welcome here. We welcome okay, all. Good. And Tim, if you're watching, you know who you are. He's been on the show a couple of times. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, man. Uh, so. 
going a little bit, I want to stick more into this um, transition from corporate yeah. to entrepreneurship. And I know it was quite some time ago, but um, I know that there's a lot of people watching right now. So if we're, when we're recording this for context for everybody uh, in 2022, um, we're now in June, can't believe it. But, you know, a lot of people are, are considering, you know, that leap to entrepreneurship, especially from the corporate world. Maybe they've uh, their, their, their work situation changed. Maybe they don't have quite the same opportunity they had, or maybe they're just ready for something different. You know, the pandemic, other things, they, they maybe changed the way that a lot of us look uh, at, at things. Um, what, kind of, what kind of thoughts would you put out there for people that are considering making that, making that change? I think, I think a couple of pieces of advice that I give to, uh, especially the corporate entrepreneur wannabes, yeah. right? That said they want to get a. I was one too, by the way, Tim. So I mean, I was in finance almost fourteen years before I before yeah. I made the leap, uh, going on six years ago. So, uh, yeah. so I'm interested to hear what you say because I, I have some opinions too. <laughs> well, I think the first piece is is that I didn't realize this until I became an entrepreneur that success or significance really follows the path of relationships. In a corporate world, you just you just are. You just have this infrastructure, yeah. and you get out as an entrepreneur, and you realize who's going to pick up the phone, who's going to accept your call, <laughs> who's going to come alongside you because they care about you versus you're my boss or you're my peer, and I have to work with you. So, as you're getting ready to launch, start looking at those post-launch relationships that you either need to rekindle or you need to engage because without them, it's going to be a really, really lonely journey. It's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. The second thing is, which is kind of tied to that, I find that corporate folks trying to make that leap, they live in the world of maybe. And you, you and I have talked about this. One of my you know, life verses, man, let your yes be yes, your no be no. Mm -hmm. Two years from now, that same corporate person is having the same maybe conversation mm -hmm. and they're not ready to leave. Yeah. Being successful is not going to be their issue. Making the decision is the hardest part. So as, an, as a corporate person, make the decision, move on, surround yourself with really smart people and know that you're going to be successful. But without great people making the decision, you're just an interesting guy at lunch talking about what you'd like to do one day and you're going to keep talking about it for years. Yeah. I, I'll piggyback on one of those. So the relationship part, I thought I understood building relationships. I mean, I was a financial advisor, so and I was in financial services. So I would have argued that I had really strong relationship with my clients and other individuals. But until I became an entrepreneur, the other co-founder here, Shirag, I mean, he... I don't know how he, I don't know if he was born with this. Like I met his family many times, of course, and I think it's it's part of their culture as well. But he really understood relationships and building those long terms. And I, I believe that because I didn't, you know, those first couple of years, I maybe cut some corners. I, I did, my yes was my yes and my no was my no, but mm -hmm. I didn't spend as much time cultivating those relationships. And looking back now, I'm like, man, I probably should have. And now I'm sold, not just because it's, um, you know, it, it helps with revenue, not just because of that, but it's just a better quality of life. Like being an entrepreneur is not an easy thing. So when you meet other like-minded entrepreneurs or individuals um, that have either are either going through what you're going through, or maybe you are they going through what maybe you went through in the past. And now you can give them some of those tips and those pointers that hopefully somebody gave you along the way, or maybe even somebody that's ahead of you right. and what, um, by metrics or whatever your KPIs are that you aspire to. Um, then even in that case, like those are the individuals you want to talk to as well. So you can get the pointers right. on to, to what's right. next, because I feel like, um, and it, it, like this um, experience, while it's unique, um, there's a lot of guideposts out there. There's a lot of ways um, to be able to be successful if you're, if you're paying attention. 
Yeah, here, here's the mindset change for listeners. You're listening to this whole conversation. You're like, yeah, Rick, you, but you don't understand. In my corporate world, it's this. You have to have a mindset change that says the people in my corporate entity in many ways are my competition. So I can't really share with them because they could get ahead of me. Or yeah. I can't really share my problem because then my boss is going to say it's a weak spot. I mean, mm -hmm. but out in the real world, the entrepreneurial world, even a frenemy is going to help you because you're all in this thing together and no one's going to look down. It's like, oh, I've been there. Let me tell you what I'm going to do. So it's if you don't have the mindset change, you're like, well, then I I get out in the real world and I stay here in my room and I talk to two friends and I, I won't develop those relationships because the corporate mindset is still what are they going to think about me? And that's just not the case. And, and you won't know that till you get out. So just listen to Adam and Rick right now. Yeah. Make the decision. Get out there. Surround yourself with really good people. Uh, and you can do something really exciting. Yeah. I never got that, by the way. It's so counterintuitive. I'd be like, why are these people helping me? They're in the same business. But now I, I do the same thing. I mean, we we, have, we literally are a marketing agency, launch podcasts, a lot of other things, advertising right. and whatnot. And, I'll, and if somebody doesn't fit maybe our profile or avatar, I'm giving away that business. And I'm like, I never thought that I would give away business to the yeah. exact same thing that we do just because it's not quite the right fit, like completely counterintuitive when you're right. working at corporate America, in my opinion. I mean, not all, not all companies yeah. are the same, but uh, um, switching topics and focus here yeah. for a bit. Um, and for all the listeners, just so you know, we're going to scratch the surface on what Rick is going to bring to the book, but don't worry, we will bring uh, Rick back on the show when the book is actually live and we'll do a deep dive into his writing. So consider this part one of the two part series. Um, but Rick, uh, excited to have you in an upcoming Mission Matters book. Um, I, just broad strokes here. What are some of the things that you hope your, your readers will gain from, uh, from your writing in this? Yeah, adversely, anyone that's in business today, regardless of whether you have a product or a service, e-commerce is important to you. Yeah. Uh, and whether we believe it or not, uh, Amazon has written the book on this. Now, yeah. we have all kinds of other great e-commerce providers out there that have done amazing things. But Amazon is the heartbeat. It, it is you're a fast follower behind of Amazon and what they're driving. Yeah. And what I argue in the in the chapter or what I'm engaging the chapter mm -hmm. uh, is that the Amazon effect on B2B e-commerce is equivalent yeah. to the B2C e-commerce effect that it had. Said another mm -hmm. way, we buy things on Amazon and we buy products as consumers and it's second nature. As we all mm -hmm. know that 80% of what we do, 90% is all memory, right? Just You just, you have to think about it. We don't even think now when we buy online. Yeah. But from a B2B standpoint, what we realize is everything is custom. Everything's a unique opportunity and there's no muscle memory. Mm -hmm. Amazon is teaching us that even a B2B service can be productized and can be sold in a way that you can self-educate and that you can self-select and you can have an amazing experience from a B2B e-commerce standpoint. And that's really counterintuitive. Today's world, as you know, Adam, it's click, click, get to a meeting, four meetings later, three months later, you finally have this engagement. And in Amazon, you buy today, and in some cases, within an hour, a drone's dropping it off. The yeah. B2B aspect of it is just around the corner, and I think that's going to change, literally going to change the way that we as business people need to engage this new economy and new mm -hmm. group of people that have grown up in the B2C world. The same mm -hmm. expectation is going to be in front of us. So that's what we talk about. 
When you first proposed this topic, and as I got to know more about uh, field agent and, and also now Plum, right? Uh, right. I, I was kind of trying to take myself back into the early days of what I remember of e-commerce. And uh, for all those watching that are that are maybe a little young and don't remember this, no. believe it or not, us putting on when somebody was going to buy something online and you put your credit card um, online to purchase something, you were a little scared. Like yeah. in the beginning, you were thinking like, is this credit card going to be stolen as my information? Is there going to be like fraud? Is there going to be all these other things like you didn't actually trust buying things online. So yes, that's a history lesson for everybody watching. That's like, why would you do that? That's crazy. That is the way it was. Buying something online used to be the wild west. Right. Is it going to come? There was no like fast delivery or anything like that. No and tracking. About now the back end of what it was like to actually fulfill those orders uh, for those individuals. I'm like, wow, that, that was amazing how they pioneered to where we are today. But so I was thinking about the evolution. And so I'm like, okay, now as a business owner, you know, purchasing different services, everything else, like what you're proposing, it just makes so much sense. It's logical. I'm like, I wish we were already there because how much time would it save? And I believe part of this is for many things, we are already there, but maybe just everybody doesn't know it. So I think this is a good transition to maybe pause and tell us a little bit more about field agent and what you're doing. Yeah, so, so we started out in the uh, uh, pre-selfie days. So Adam, this is hard for people to believe, but there was a day that there was no front-facing camera on a smartphone. Wait a minute, Crazy. there was never a day before Paris Hilton invented the selfie. No, there, come there, on. there was a day. Impossible. So in, in 2009, we had this really cool iPhone 3S, two megapixel camera. It was the rage. All the business world lived in Blackberries. And yeah. it was just, there was just two economies out there. Well, we did shopper marketing, shopper research, and we were trying to understand how to engage better uh, by using technology and thought maybe someone was using a phone to capture data and Adam, they weren't. And we didn't want to be the people that were at a party that said, well, you know, I invented Instagram, but I was just too busy, but it was my idea first. People just Mm -hmm. laugh at us. We lowered (laughs) our head, managing five LLCs, working nights and weekends for nine months. Wow. April, 2010 launched the first app on iTunes that paid cash. Mm Mm-hmm. No other, I mean, all the other apps were download, click on an ad, and we're, we're using, you know, PayPal to, to capture or be able to pay people. Uh, the second thing is, is that we use geolocation and metadata to capture information. Now, yeah. you fast forward 12 years, and I go from having to explain to someone like Adam, you saying, well, Adam, you, we were to take a picture of the phone, and you would say, well, how do they download the photo from the phone to a computer <laughs> to send it to you? And you're like, oh, <laughs> dude, you just, I mean. To today, it's a, it's a second nature. Now, you fast forward to Plum. What we found is we've created an amazing marketplace for people to buy products that are solutions for problems at retail. Hmm. And as we've grown field agent, gig economy, crowdsource work, amazing data, insights, ratings, and reviews, our clients hmm. started asking, hey, I'd like to buy more from you. And do I have to keep having meetings with you? So we spent COVID productizing our services, classic hmm. product-led growth creating this new marketplace and then launch the beta. And then six months later, yeah. April, I'm sorry, June 17th, this past Friday, we launched plumshop.com, which is the world's world's first B2B e-commerce solution provider for retail uh, engagement. Yeah. And so when we launch that, we've got amazing products that you can buy and you can click and go to cart. And it's really, really cool to see what's happening with it. 
Uh, it's, it's amazing. And congrats on the launch. I'm Thank glad you, you could, uh, could come on the show and make some time here. I know that yeah. launches and, and uh, <laughs> uh, they're not easy. So not for anybody that's, uh, yeah, it, it's fun. So now um, looking at where you're at, okay, yeah. launched um, Plum. Um, what's the next step for this? Because it's it's obvious that this is the, this is the not the future, it's the present, right? Um, what's right, the right. next step for growing this thing? You know, so, so for us, if you look at Amazon, Amazon sold books. Mm-hmm. And they went from books to the next vertical and the next vertical. So we have the field agent products that are there. The next vertical we went into was e-commerce. And we've got third-party providers there. Uh, the growth for us now is continue to drive vertical. So while mm-hmm. we are, if you're a, a move book guy or, or a product-led growth person, you'll say, hey, do you have a problem market fit, mm-hmm. product market fit, platform? And so all those pieces work out for us. And so we're getting ready to transition back into some customer-led engagement where a customer is saying, Rick, I love what you're doing with Plum. Yeah. I wish you offered X. And so now we need to go out and find amazing suppliers of that service or product Mm. to bring it back into the marketplace. And we've never done that before. So we've hired our first merchant, our first buyer, and we're getting ready to engage. And so it's a new world for us. Now for B2C people, they Mm -hmm. get it. You're procuring products to put on you know, your marketplace. Yeah. But for a services company, that's a little bit different. So that's been the exciting part for us is new verticals, creating a merchandising environment or merchant environment to be able to bring in new third parties. So for those that have, uh, have maybe never are new to this concept, like walk us through kind of what, what a user experience can look like. Like how does someone get started? What does that feel like? Yeah. So, so if you are, uh, have any product at retail, whether it be brick and mortar or online, and you're saying, I need problem, I need help with my website, or I need help with auditing, or I need help with merchandising, I need ratings and reviews, whatever you're looking for, mm-hmm. you come into Plum and you shop the same way you would be shopping Amazon for clothing or products or things for your bike. Yeah. And you're like, well, how does that work? Well, you come into Plum, you're like, I want to solve this problem. I have a new item launch and I give you five products for it. Yeah. Just like you would say you're a mountain bike person versus a road bike person. Or you come in and say, I know exactly what I need. I need ratings and reviews. Mm. Or you come in and say, hey, I'm an e-commerce person and I give you five e-commerce products. So the shopping experience, we're trying to eliminate the friction. And once you get in, you're like, so Rick, I don't have to talk to anyone. I'm like, no, it is click, click, go to cart. And by the time you've actually made that transaction with your credit card. Mm-hmm. The next day you've got real data coming in and sometimes it's near real time. So it's a crazy experience, an Amazon experience, mm-hmm. but for services. So easy, jump in there, try it today. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the time this podcast goes out, this webinar goes out, you've already got data coming back in. Who Who is this uh, appropriate for? Like who would be the types of niches or industries? Like, is it appropriate for, or is it, or is it agnostic? Like give us some feel for that. Uh, it is agnostic as long as you are selling a product at retail, brick and mortar, or you're selling a product online. Yeah. If you're doing one of those two things, then we have an amazing portfolio of products that you can buy in an Amazon way. And wow. so you, there's really no product or category uh, that we wouldn't be perfect for. 
Uh, it makes so much sense. And it, and it just seems like it would cut so much uh, time down. Yeah. Um, now, the when, when they're purchasing the products themselves, let's go through what that what that kind of experience or process looks like, because I really want, well, of course, we're going to put the website and everything else sure. um, and everything else in the show notes, because I want the audience to go check it out. Right. But like, take us to walk us through what that looks like. Yeah, so, so think of it in terms of a ratings and review. I yep. mean, virtually everyone we're talking to today, if you do anything in the commerce world, you have a website and you have ratings and reviews. Yep. Uh, if you went to an agency today, you'd probably schedule a meeting in two or three weeks. You'd have your join up. They bring another agency in. Maybe two yep. weeks later, you talk about things. And finally, you launch and they send information to a farm of a thousand people and you send your product to them. And finally, you get a ratings and review. In mm-hmm. our world, because we've done this tens of thousands of times, I'm like, Adam, I know the five questions I need to ask. Mm-hmm. What is the product? What's the URL? What's the price of the product? And what website do you want the ratings and review? Mm-hmm. You click and answer the questions. You say, I want to get a 10 ratings review on target.com. You swipe your credit card. $150 later, you're waiting. Tomorrow morning, you get up and there's 15 ratings reviews on target. And you still don't have the confirmation back from the other provider of when your meeting is going to be in three weeks. <laughs> so, so that's the part they're like, yeah, but shouldn't I meet with you? So part of the analogy I use is that people will buy a Tesla for a hundred thousand dollars, never talk to a soul. Mm -hmm. Everything's done by DocuSign. Yeah. Someone shows up with the key, but you won't spend $150 on a ratings review because you need to have three meetings. I mean, so, so, but but it's hard, right? It's it's hard to make that. It's new though. It's new. I'll pick on myself over here. Let me pick on me for a minute. The people watch. It's hard, like mentally. Like I was, uh, I, I I still, I guess maybe it's implanted in my head. Still thinking about those first online purchases and begging my parents, come on, let me get, let me use the credit card. It's uh, it's fine. It's it's online. Think of buying a TV. Great example, but it's hard. It's a hard mind shift. So wait a minute, because even as I sit here, little, yeah. little, my palms are a little sweaty. I'm like, wait, Rick, I don't have to talk to anybody. I don't have to have all those meetings. Yeah. I don't have to have a meeting about the meeting we had to recap the meeting. <laughs> like I can just buy and be done. <laughs> it is, it is. But let's use TVs, which is yeah. something that everyone. Tesla is such a big example. So yeah, I can go to Amazon or to Walmart or Target, mm-hmm. uh, Best Buy, Costco. I could buy a TV, and what I don't do is click on the TV and ask for a meeting, someone calls me and says, hey, let's do a Zoom call and let me present to you the TV. <laughs> I mean, that's the crazy, I mean, right? What I do uh, is I go in and I look at videos online. Mm-hmm. I self-select. I look yeah. for the best price. I look at the ratings and reviews. I click, put in my address, swipe my credit card. Mm-hmm. And in two days, it shows up in my home. Yeah. But for whatever reason, again, this is why I said the beauty of Amazon B2C mm-hmm. is that it transfers directly from a red apple to a green apple into B2B, you just have to have a mindset change. So now you've got 20 and 25 year olds and 30 year olds in the business Mm -hmm. world. They've never not known a day that Amazon wasn't part of their life. Yeah. So their, their palms aren't sweating. They're like, of course I'd do this, Adam. Why wouldn't I do this? It makes complete sense. So that's why you have to be in front of it. And that's the interesting forward thinking about the book Mm -hmm. is that you need to be in front of it. This is coming. It is going to change. And if you stay behind to this, you're naive. It's, it's going to get you the same way yeah. e-commerce got you because you said, oh, people yeah. will never buy this stuff online. It's just a book company. Amazon will never sell all this stuff online. 
It's awesome. And, and it makes so much sense. And this is going to be a fun, uh, a fun interview to look back on in some years to come and say, oh, I remember when that was starting. Now it's commonplace. Like, so this is going to be a really fun interview to, uh, to look back on, I feel. Um, Last more- baby point for you. And I promise I'll turn it back over to you. My mom <laughs> told me this. It's always, always important to listen to your mom, Adam. My mom told me this. She said, Rick, I remember a day when you could buy a home from the Sears Roebuck catalog. Wow. Now remember, Amazon's like, oh my gosh, how could you buy clothes on Amazon? Mm-hmm. But you used to buy them from the Sears catalog. Oh, and I you used to buy that. a home and the home would be delivered in sections and they would yeah. put up the home. And she's like, so she said, I, I get this. It's just like shopping on Sears when I would look on the catalog, dial the phone number, wow, type in the code, and then I would send them a check and then they would mail me the stuff and I would get things at my home. So there's wow. nothing new under the sun. Oh, you're nothing right. And and think and not, I didn't even think about that. So I'm I'm from Michigan, so big big uh car fan and uh what the original Model T's, right? Ford. That was a catalog. Sears. Uh, I don't catalog. know if it was Sears, but that was a catalog. Everybody was farmers, right? You're in you're in these rural areas, you're looking through a magazine. So uh so Tesla wasn't the first um, one that you don't talk to anybody. I pro- it had to be the Model T because it was yeah, in a well, catalog. And it, and Amazon wasn't the first. Yeah way to buy something without actually holding it in your hand. Mm-hmm. They simply use this thing called the World Wide web, the internet yeah. to go make this thing work. And then you and I are saying, gosh, there really is nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. It just changes via the season and technology changes, but the concept is there. And so when I share that people are like, so I guess I could buy a service online and not talk to someone. Mm-hmm. I could probably do that. It's awesome. It's great. I I love it. Love the concept. Love where this is going. And I'm excited to watch the evolution of Plum and the growth. I mean, I'm a big fan of what you're doing and making all our lives out there as business owners uh, easier, right? Um, And making us more competitive and speeding up uh, business because nothing's slowing down. That's the one thing I would say. Um, So really, Rick, it has been great having you on the show. I just have to ask, I mean, a lot going on here. I mean, what's next? What's next for you? What's next for Plum? Uh, I think what's next for us is that obviously since since launch, now we're trying to clean up a few bugs. Maybe there might've been a bug here or there. So we're trying to work yeah. through that aspect of things, but all, all kidding aside uh, is that as we engage our clients, it's one thing to say, just come and buy, but, but we look at this the same way we did back in 2010. If yeah. you remember my love God, love people. If I, if I, if I really mm-hmm. love my clients, we're coming alongside them to help them evolve down the same path. Yeah. Because remember, many of our clients also are struggling with the same thing that you and I have just discussed. Mm-hmm. So our team is really out there saying, gosh, not only do I want to sell more things, we're going to have to make money, but yeah. how can I come alongside and help them think practically through the same yeah. process that say, gosh, could I provide my products or services in a unique way? Yeah. And what would that look? So we're trying to figure that out. And I'd say finally, as we look at kind of the next three to six months for us, yeah. As we look at the verticals and as they're starting to go left or right, uh, we see retail is important, but mm-hmm. there are these little things called quick serve restaurants that are out there, mm-hmm. that there are, there are other industries that we think we're ripe for. Mm-hmm. And if you're a service provider that's doing something at a quick serve restaurant, why wouldn't Plum be perfect for that? So we're really starting to look down that exact same path in other industries. And I think it's going to be a natural fit for us. So by the time we talk the next time, yeah. Plum's going to be very broad categories. Who we serve is going to be even broader. And so that's really what we're, we're focused on right now. 
It's awesome. And if somebody's watching this and they want to learn more about Plum or connect with your team, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, plumshop.com, P-L-U-M-S-H-O-P.com. It's obvious where you can go and shop and buy. Uh, If there's a social media, anything, it's uh, Plum Community. You put in Plum Community, you're going to find us. And Adam, I'm a LinkedIn guy. You know, if you mm-hmm. want to DM me and you're a friend of Adam's, you said, hey, I, I, I saw you on the Adam show and DM me. You'd be surprised who I would say yes to and talk to. So we'd love yeah. that conversation. That's the easiest way to reach me. Awesome, Rick. Well, we'll put all that information in the show notes so that, of course, our audience can click on the links and head right on over and connect. And speaking of the audience, if this is your first time engaging with uh, the Mission Matters platform or listening to an episode, we're all about bringing on mission-based entrepreneurs, executives, and experts and having them share you know, what they're doing, but why they're doing it and also how they're doing it. The idea is that we can all learn and grow from learning from each other. Um, if that's the type of content that sounds interesting or fun or exciting to you, uh, we definitely uh, welcome you. Hit that subscribe button. We have many more mission-based individuals uh, just like Rick coming up on the line, and we don't want you to miss a thing. Uh, Rick, a pleasure as always. Looking forward to having you back on the show when we get this book out there and uh, doing a deep dive in your writing. So thank you again for the time. You bet. It It was my pleasure. I'll talk to you soon.